2: Welcome in, everybody, to the GC Live post-game show. I am Mike Yuva, and alongside me is former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth. We also have intern Joe on the phones with us tonight. We will get to intern Joe in a little bit as people start to make their way in for our post-game show. Appreciate having you guys. Bottom line is this, Perry, was it the prettiest of wins for South Carolina? No, but at the end of the day, it's a win, and we'll get into it a little bit more in a little bit you can't sit here and say what they were able to do over the last two weeks again wasn't flawless plenty of things that we can break down you know some Mm -hmm. of the the ugly if you will but what they were able to accomplish the last two weeks from a confidence standpoint you can't sit here today and say that this team beats Kentucky if they don't have these last two weeks I'm sorry I just can't sit here and and say that they do
1: yeah that's right now I was just thinking that Um, Before we got on how important confidence is for athletes, especially at the high school or the collegiate level, like the kids have to have confidence in whatever it is that they're doing. And, um, you know, we we were really down in the dumps after the Georgia loss, just because it wasn't even a competitive game. And you play a couple lesser teams, get your feet underneath you, but then you have success and you do some good things, and you gain confidence, and you go on the road and play the number 13 team in the country, and just you just stonewall them. Um, on the road at night, seemed like an electric environment, and Kentucky had absolutely no answer for anything that we did. Now, we struggled on offense in the first half, but listen, we, we played great defense, and Timely offense. And when you, you know, if you want to win on the road in the SEC, you have to pack your defense. Um, I know that with me being a quarterback, everybody's going to want to talk offense, which I get. And I think that at times offense looked good at times. Um, there were th- some things that we could probably improve on, but all in all. You know, to sit here and nitpick when you go on the road and win at number 13, Kentucky, by the way, a team that we really haven't played well against over the last decade. Um, it's a huge win, big, big program win, um, big culture win. I know that, you know, Mark Stoops came out and said that he wasn't referencing South Carolina. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, it's still – it was a, it was an enormous win for um, – for South Carolina and uh, I know those guys are partying their tails off right now in the locker room.
2: And I know there's plenty of comments that are coming in on the side. We will get to them in a little bit. Um, You mentioned the, the sunglasses. I do want to get into that in a little bit because shoot, let's just get right into it right now. Okay. I know it's not the most important thing, but let's just get right into it. Shane Beamer was asked this question. Back, I don't know how many weeks ago it was. Maybe it was right before the start of the season. I'll ask Intern Joe. We'll have him on here because I know Intern Joe was at a lot of these press oh. conferences. But that was asked to him, and in true Beamer fashion, he downplayed it and you know gave the the PC answer. And I don't blame him for doing that whatsoever. But what I can tell you is, if you don't think that this program took those comments personally, you're you're lying to yourself. And if if yeah. I don't know if you can pull it up right now. Gamecock football's Twitter account right now, but they tweeted, I believe I'm trying to see if I can pull it up for the culture, for the culture. Um, I also saw our tweet and maybe they took it down. I thought I saw one that had some shades up there. So um, it's something that was going around. It was something that was discussed. I can tell you this when all that stuff was going on, I was told, from people close to inside the building that it bothered a lot of people on that staff. And that was something that they were going to remember. Now ultimately it wasn't gonna be something that they were gonna you know harp on like this and that, but it's something that was certainly there. You so know? was
1: let me you know? ask you a question, Mike, was that was that statement really like attacking Coach Beamer or is I mean
2: I think I think what it was more than anything is just the time just the timing of it all is the fact that you know I look I looked at it and when I read the comments it was kind of like all right it's just the timing of it right because the fact that Mark Stoops did that interview a day after the video came out because this is way back during SEC media days I think mm-hmm. here's the way I looked at it and I really don't want to spend all our time talking about this want to talk about the win of course but the way yeah. I looked at it was this. It was said it was probably like not a direct shot at Beamer. It was more so like, hey, look, there's more that goes into building culture than, you know, slogans and dancing Mm -hmm. around. and And I do agree with that to an extent. And the reason I say extent is everyone does things their own different ways, right, in their own unique ways. And the way that Beamer has helped change the culture. And I know it's such a cliche phrase to use. There's much more that goes into it. You're doing that right now over at Cardinal Newman, Perry, Yeah, as you guys go into year one over there. But I say that because it was just more so of a timing standpoint. But the coaches, you know, the the people in that program, they did take it personally. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know it. If you can find anything extra to find motivation with, you're going to take it. So is this the reason why South Carolina won tonight? Certainly not. But it was something extra. It was there.
1: Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no doubt anytime that you can find any bulletin board material to motivate. Uh, your players, you definitely want to do that. We do it all the time. Anything, any, any kind of edge that you can create to have your guys extra locked in throughout the week of practice certainly helps. More so than throwing some stuff up, you know, before guys run out onto the tunnel. But you use it as motivation so they're mentally focused on the plan that you put forward through the week. Um, it obviously was a good plan. I mean, Clayton White, I don't know if you wanted to start on the offense or defensive side of the ball or give intern Joe a chance to talk on it. But let me tell you, man, the defense was light out tonight. Unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable performance with Boogie Huntley out. Um, I know they had a little success running the ball early, but, man, after that it was a whole lot of nothing. And I get it was a backup quarterback, but doesn't really matter, man. That kid was a, probably a four-star kid coming out of high school, and, and they had no success on uh, – pretty much anything they did you know they had a couple one decent drive in the first half besides that kid looked lost all night and uh hats off to the defensive staff holy
2: cow before we get into that joe i do want to just put this one up here for john yes we are taking calls i put that number up right now if you want to call into the program it is 803-567-3796 once again it is 803-567 3796. If you want to call into the program, the lines are open. So, Joe, as soon as people start calling in, release yep. the hounds. But um, anything that you want to say, Joe, before people start calling you?
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Perry teed me up perfectly uh, with the defense. This defense entered the entered the game like last in the SEC in sacks. And they got three of them. I mean, big, big, big sacks. We saw Jordan Birch. I mean, this fan base has been <laughs> complaining about Jordan Birch for the longest time, about him being such a highly weighted recruit and that's nothing against the fan base like i understand the frustration but i mean we saw the jordan birch that that you know the fan base wanted to see tonight um i think yeah. you know we saw that i mean mike we've been talking about it for weeks like i mean turnovers come in bunches tonight we saw it via the fumble and then gilbert and then got his pick um you know overall like this defense i mean chris rodriguez had a decent stat line but they contained the run for the most part and i mean Locked down the wide receivers, and sure, Kentucky's wide receivers were in and out and banged up and whatnot. But I mean, this defense just really, really, really performed and stepped up in a tough environment. Like, no, yeah. I
2: agree, Joe. And uh, we'll let you be back there if people want to call into the, uh, the program. I will say this, Perry. I do, I, and, and I tweeted this out towards the end of the game. Certainly, South Carolina still needs to improve on stopping the run. Hopefully if they're able to get a guy like Boogie Huntley back to as close to hundred percent as possible coming off the bye week in addition to being able to get other guys on a defense that has been very banged up all season, let's call it for what it is very banged up, but all things considered, you knew Kentucky was going to try to run the football tonight. Of course, things changed a little bit more when you don't have a guy like Will Levis, but I felt like they were going to try to run the football regardless. And you were able to contain that for the most part. Um, one guy in particular that really stood out to me, Perry, and I know it looks like Joe's getting a call right now, so we'll get into it a little bit more. But, man, it was great to see Darius Rush out there tonight. I mean, he was making some big plays. We saw the forced fumble. We he saw was. a couple pass breakups. Just the difference in the impact that yeah. defense just looks like when he's on the field. So, again, we're going to wait to see what intern Joe has to say because I know you probably have thoughts on that. I'm just waiting for the thumbs up from intern Joe. So if we are good. We are good. All right, Joe, yeah. who we have?
3: John, how we doing? John Edward, yep. Go ahead,
4: boss. Yeah. How we doing? Good obviously great, Mike, obviously great. I mean, this. this I just want to have been listening to y'all and kind of like echo, like, the defense. I think I heard Joe talking. Yeah, I don't even know what Chris. Roger, he gets the stat line was like it, it's real hard to came up with it during the radio broadcast, but I, I'll probably go back and look later. But it sounds like he had a decent stat line. But I got I guess, you, John. 22, uh, about,
2: 22 carries for one twenty-six.
4: Yeah, I mean he, he didn't really have he didn't have an explosive run tonight. He, he really didn't. I mean he, yeah, he would have a long run, but it's I, I I can't remember a. We run from Roger tonight. We held him in check, and that was my whole thing coming in, regardless if it was Levis or um, – I can't remember this kid that played night for them, but um, – Sharon tonight. I'm like, mm-hmm. Sharon, so, yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, you still got to stop the run tonight, regardless if it's Levis or Sharon. Uh, it didn't matter to me. And, and we, I think we did that for the – tonight. And so, yeah, I mean – Hey, let me ask you this, uh, I think Mike in particular, like you think Spencer looked more comfortable second half?
2: I think that's a better question for Perry. I mean, my opinion, it reminded me uh, a yeah. lot well, I don't know what Perry was- thinks. It it reminded me a lot of what we saw, and it was ironic because they brought a stat up tonight that this was, from an offensive standpoint, the least amount of offensive yards that South Carolina has had since that 2017-18 season in that Outback Bowl when it looked like night and day in comparison in the second half against Michigan. That's Mm -hmm. what it reminded me of. Now, were they moving the ball in the same manner in which they did in that Outback Bowl? Certainly not. Jake Bentley had a phenomenal second half. But Rattler just looked smarter with the football um, in the second half. I mean, there were certain things, and Perry could speak, better of it, but it just looks like certain things, like even that play with Austin Stogner, you know, and and I'm not saying it's all on Rattler. Um, there were some times when the pass rush was there, but he was throwing off his back foot, just not giving himself the same opportunities I feel like he could have. But that, you know, again, Perry could speak a hell of a lot better on it.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, I think my, my observation of the second half was that we started getting the ball to our, our best playmakers, right? We weren't just forcing things. Um, Just to run them, you know, we were getting the ball to Jaheim Bell, got the ball to uh, Antoine Wells in space and obviously broke a tackle and scored on the screen route. And um, and then, you know, ultimately we fed Marshawn Lloyd and got him the ball as often as we could. Um, I thought that um, after the interception, Spencer really did seem to kind of settle down. But I also felt like they made it a point of emphasis, like we are going to get the ball in our best playmakers hands, you know. Um, you throw that that drag route on man, you know, versus man coverage on third and short that Jalen Brooks takes for 30 yards and stepped out, and we ended up getting three points there. And then, um, what a phenomenal call that little reverse orbit motion they ran, and then mm-hmm. ran the the option reverse. I mean, that was a beautifully designed play, beautifully timed call. I mean, I remember watching the reverse, thinking, you know, my eyes were there, and then. You know, you flip back on the uh, the the reverse and Jalen Brooks scores, so it looks like they they changed what they were trying to do, which ultimately helped Spencer Rattler get the body of your hand quick, let him make quick easy throws, get him you know be on time, be accurate, and good things happen to any quarterback when you do those things.
2: And it was just good to be able to see them get the run game going too in the second half. I know there were some longer runs, so it makes it makes that stat line for Marshawn Lloyd, look a little misleading, if, if that makes sense, not trying to take away from him, but the point being is he had that long run in the second half. It was a 45-yard run, so you take that away, and I hate to be the, you know, if you take that away kind of guy, but, you know, he had 110 yards on the night. If you do take that away, though, that's what? I mean, I was awful at math. I put That put you at, what, 65 yards rushing? So the point being is I felt like early on – now, granted, I will say this, Perry, <laughs> and I don't know if you saw this, and, you know, maybe you can – you know, try to put us in a, a better spot. Cause there's a lot of fans that are probably saying, okay, what was going on with the play calling in the first half to me, what it looked like was South Carolina was trying to counter for the fact of Kentucky bringing extra guys down in the box. And the reason why they were doing that is because of what you were able to do the last two weeks. We talked about this at nauseum the last couple of weeks by running the football, we're going to find out if Kentucky respects your run game. Now, maybe they just don't respect your passing game whatsoever, but the first couple games in the, In the Rattler era, teams weren't really bringing extra guys down. And the passing lanes weren't there. Tonight, we saw Kentucky bring guys down the box. Unfortunately, some of the passes weren't there. But that's one of the reasons I felt like we didn't see as much running, at least early in the game.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. Um, I think the other thing, I really liked the commentary tonight from the broadcast, the guys at the SEC Network, Jordan Rodgers and – uh Cade Kublick, the guy yep. on the sideline and then I I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the guy the the color commentator Jordan Rogers tonight yeah, it was Jordan Rogers but then the other guy that was up there anyway Yep um they were discussing the different types of of uh, you know offenses and the really trying to put a football perspective on the rhythm of the game and when they were talking about South Carolina what we were doing is we were doing a lot of deep play action passes, long developing plays. So it looked like Spencer was holding on to the ball long, but he's waiting for these plays to develop. And when they don't develop, now it looks like he's hanging on to the ball, can't get rid of it. Well, if people aren't getting open and you're sending sending guys on, you know, two or three guys on route combinations, you know, and you drop in six, seven, eight in coverage, it, it can be difficult to find the open guy. Um, like I said, when we started getting the ball out of our hand quicker, throwing those screens, shallow crossing routes, the curl routes, um, you saw that open up our offense and ultimately open up our run game. And then, you know, we had a couple of big plays that helped us, right? Jalen Brooks on third down, put us in field goal range. We got three points there. And then, like I said, that little review, that little reverse was perfectly timed for a 20 some 30 some yard, th- uh, um, run in. Um, you need those you need those explosive plays to win games like that because we really were we were stale we were a little stagnant but you also got to remember that's an elite defense. I remember watching um, their game when they played Florida and they were abusing Florida down there in the swamp that defense and that was my question going into the game was are we going to be able to to match their physicality both on both sides of the football, um, I didn't know what that would look like, and we obviously did. And in my opinion, that's why we won the game. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I guarantee we would have won or I guarantee we would have lost if the quarterback Mm -hmm. plays. You know, he's a projected first-round pick. But I can tell you it still would have been a ball game because of the level of physicality that we played on both fronts, both
2: offense and defensive line. To go back, and thank you, Jared, uh, Tom Hart. Was that other yeah, commentator? That we heart.
1: They, they do a great job. I love listening to those guys.
2: Speaking about another guy, let's go to Alex. Alex is on the uh, post game show with us. Alex, how we doing?
5: We're doing pretty good, man. Uh, calling again from Brazil. Missed you guys last week because uh is uh, a brand new Gamecock fan. Last week, The baby boy. So, still caught the game
3: though. Congratulations! Congratulations! Nice. Hey. So, uh,
5: yeah, man, Perry keeps on saying everything I want to say right before I talk. So, thanks, hey, Perry, you reading my mind all the way in the southern hemisphere. But uh, it was fantastic win all around – and each segment did their part. You know, special teams made a play. Uh, defense made a huge play. And offense really got in the mix, especially in the second half when they were really letting Spencer – get those shorter passes to the playmakers, you know, and you like NFL talent doesn't just mean your, your big arms. you don't have to wait for these plays to develop, like having that time and that pass to Jalen Brooks is fantastic. Right to the middle and the teeth of the defense and was just, you know, right on time. And he has the, the availability blocking upfield. Like you can do that just as much as uh, the longer pass plays, and, you know, seeing Marshawn against a real defense. That was a big question after the last two weeks, like so many, positive things and third down conversion way, way, way better this week.
2: So yeah, I was happy. Well, Alex, we appreciate you calling into the program again tonight, Perry. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that has stood out to me and we can go back, obviously the last two weeks. I know some people, okay. It's Charlotte, it's SC state, but we've seen third down conversions be a little bit better tonight mm-hmm. um, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, look, I've said this before. I mean, we can sit here, we can pull any stat out, and make a storyline about it but the fact that it has been improving six for 14 tonight can that be better certainly absolutely Mm -hmm. um but i did like more so in the second half some of those third down conversions i mean this is a team though perry look all things considered being able to score early being spotted seven points i mean let's just call it for what it is being spotted seven points and then having opportunities to go down and score and make it even more and then the turn you had opportunities to do that yep yet you weren't able to capitalize now again i'm not trying to be mr negative nancy here but the point being is south carolina and this is a, this is a good thing this is where i'm going with all this south carolina showed a lot of good tonight but they still have not put a complete game together and that's the scary thing that's yeah. the scary thing they were able to beat the 13th ranked team on the road, on the road. And there's going to be some people that will say, well, they had a backup quarterback. I mean, look, I've had to hear this for the last six years covering this team. <laughs> How many freaking years it has been covering the game Gamecocks? What about Kenny Thrills or, you know, this quarterback, that quarterback, all these backups that look like Heisman winners when they go out there and play against South Carolina. That wasn't the case tonight. That wasn't the case. And there was a lot of positives that you can take away from tonight. We can dig yeah. into some of the things still, but the point being is, this team, they left a lot out on the field, but yet they still found a way to get the win. And that's that's the scary part about how good this team can still be. Yeah. by week.
1: No, I mean, I want to talk about, I want to focus on nothing but the good, right? I don't want to talk about a couple of the offensive woes or whatever. I, I want to talk about a couple things that have continued to circle in my mind about what I have liked about this team. I think this team's got a lot of young talent, two guys. That start on defense um nick i don't know how to pronounce his last name the safety nick even worry Eman worry we played against him last year when i was at ac Florida. an absolute stud um dq smith from spring valley two local midlands guys starting on south carolina's defense and being damn good players if if i can add that too so the the future is looking bright there in my opinion mm-hmm. Um, you know, offensively, I thought that we got really creative at times um, to create explosive plays. I love that. I love um, the improvement, really, in, in the, uh, the second half adjustments that we were able to make as a team um, and that Spencer was able to. You know, he really struggled in the first half. But, you know, you play a four quarter game, not two quarters. Right. And he came out, was efficient, took care of the football and moved the sticks. And listen, he was going up against a great defense mm-hmm. on the road, uh, top 15 program, top 15 team, definitely without a doubt, top 25 program in the country. Mark Stoops does a great job at Kentucky. And I'll tell you, they uh, we went in there and we matched and, and out physical them on both sides of the football. And if we can play like that each and every week, there's not a team on our schedule that we can't win, uh, that we can't beat. So – you know, we we get a well-rested bye week, get ready for Texas A&M in a couple weeks. They're, they're a team right now that's hanging with Bama, and they're giving Bama all they can handle and more. But that doesn't mean that we can't go and play defense like we're doing now and be efficient on offense, kind of like in baseball. Mike, I don't know if you're a baseball guy or not, but it's like, you know, you, you play small ball. What a small mm-hmm. ball. You play great defense. You get timely hits. You move runners. And when guys are in scoring position, right, you get the timely hit. You win games two to one, three to one, three to two, but you win the you win the ball game, right? Uh, that's the kind of vibe that uh, that I got from our team tonight is that we might not be a juggernaut on offense, and that's okay. But if mm-hmm. we can be timely, play great defense, and then obviously we 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 probably have the top special teams unit
2: in the Let's country. Let's just go right into that because Kenneth brings up. How do you think our special teams compares to the elite teams of college let me say this and I'll have an
1: update
2: I'll have this set up tomorrow because I went back and I could try to pull it up in real time right now um, but the, the point the point being is when real much champs teams were here and I'm not trying to go back and you know the, the point what I'm trying to get at is this the number of games, Right. I'm trying to pull the stat up here and maybe I'll pass it off to Perry for a second while I look for it. But the number of games like I think there were like four years in the first couple, you know, I think now this is what, 18, 19 games in the in the Beamer era. I, I say all that because I think this is like more, you know, in 19. So I say that because we, we're seeing an impact on the field, but it goes back to things that we have talked about so many times before. It's not even the past. The fact that, number one, Beamer has invested so heavily in special teams. We can sit here, talk Beamer ball, all that. You know what? That's great. It's a slogan. fantastic. It means absolutely nothing, though, unless Mm -hmm. you apply it. And Beamer has applied it. And what do I mean by that? Well, he's invested in by having a special teams coordinator, a full-time special teams coordinator, and not just any special teams coordinator. Beamer's going to get a lot of the credit because of the Beamer name, and rightfully so. And it starts Mm -hmm. with him by investing in. But you have to have to, have to, have to give credit to Pete Lembo. And they saw something. I know Beamer talked about it at the half when they were going in. They saw something this week, and they came at it heavily, and they were able to get that block. That was an opportunity to go up two scores. Unfortunately, they had the turnover there. But their special teams continues to change games. Xavier Leggett, poor guy last week, two drop kicks. I mean, two drop catches. This week had a big (laughs) kickoff return. Guys are continuing to find ways to carry on join. I know some people keep asking, where's DK? Where's DK? He's making an impact on special teams. You might not notice yeah. it, but he's making yeah. an impact. And I keep saying the importance of special teams, not just for games like this, mm-hmm. but in terms of creating that culture, right? Yeah. A guy like Nick Muse tomorrow is getting activated for the Vikings. The reason why Nick got drafted is because he came back last season And because he wanted to play special teams. So I say these things because guys are truly buying into special teams and you're seeing it, how it impacts the game when they do here. So I think that's a big thing you have to really look at. They're getting the results, but they're getting the results because these players are truly buying into what the hell these coaches are preaching to them.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, if we're going to play elite defense and elite special teams, you, you have to just get behind offense, right? Like we're now in, uh, we've, we've just completed our sixth game. We're halfway through the regular season. We're four and two. We're, we're diving into conference play. And like I said, if we're going to play elite defense, be great on special teams. And I know we didn't do it in the first half, but take care of the ball like we did in the second. We're, we're going to be in every single ball game that we play in. And, um, you know, we won't win all of them. uh, We won't lose all of them. So we've uh, we we had a really good blend of each unit picking each other up as a coach. Now, that's something that you always look for is like, listen, like offense might have their night when defense doesn't. They got to help pick each other up. If we're going to be in a shootout, we're in a shootout. If we're in a defensive battle, we're in a struggle. Both units got to pick each other up and uh, tonight the defense man I tell you they they did uh they did a phenomenal job picking up the offense continuing to give them the ball more opportunities to score and you know I love you know people love to bust the offensive coordinator up they just you know he's a, he's the scapegoat um, when things go wrong but I'll tell you and you know, everybody got to give him give him credit there were a couple really timely calls that helped spring um enormous plays to, to help seal, seal the deal tonight. Cause right. If we don't, you know, say we don't score that last series and we have to kick a field goal and it's 20 to seven at the time, and then Kentucky scores and they get the ball back. Do You think Kentucky's in a hurry to push the ball down the field, to throw that late pick only in a one possession game? No, I mean, that was a, that was a nail in the coffin type of play call. And so we have to give credit where credit is due there. Um, obviously, We all want to see more points and more explosion, but listen, you got to do things that are going to win the ball game. And we did that. And we all, as a fan base, alumni, um, lettermen, we got to be excited that um, the program's on the right track and everybody wants to see instant results. Um, But you go and you win on a top 15 team on the road um, in a pretty good environment Um, in the fashion that we did that you, you can win game. I mean, South Carolina always, always, always has been, when they're good, they're really good on defense and they run the ball well. Um, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter who's coaching, um, whether it's Coach Spurrier or if it was Lou Holtz or when we had those good, you know, a couple good years with Coach Muschamp. Um, you know, we run the ball well and play great defense, force turnovers. We did that. We won the game. And, uh, man, I hope that we can find a way to do that the rest of the year.
2: We have Blake on the line right now. Blake, thank you for waiting patiently. You're on the GC Live postgame show. Looks like you're muted there, intern Joe.
3: Still trying to connect
2: with Blake. All right when uh when joe has uh because we had two calls right there joe would just give us a thumbs up whether it be blake whether it be another caller we will get to you as soon as you are ready again that is the number if you want to call into the program 803 3796 if you want to hop on the gc live post game show as soon as i get the thumbs up from joe we will go back but if not we'll try to answer some of these questions here on the on the side um see what Chris has to say. Will this win push us up in the rankings or does this even matter at this point? Number one, I don't think rankings really mean anything, um, especially at this point. I mean, you know, it's more so for, you know, talking points than anything else. But uh, I wouldn't hold your breath if you expect to see South Carolina make the top 25 uh, for being able to, to beat a team that's a power five team. Um, looks like we have Blake is back. We will get Blake on. Blake, how are you doing? Thank you for waiting patiently. You're on the GC Live post-game show.
0: Hey, you asked me how I'm doing. I could not be better, man. There is no better time to be a Gamecock. I feel nothing but optimism. Yeah, there's some stuff I saw tonight that had me ready to have a heart attack.
6: <laughs>
0: I, I literally broke the window screaming on the first play of the game in my house.
2: Blake, you broke um, the windows?
0: Yeah. All, listen, all the windows in my house are shattered. I'm going to be broke Monday, but it's okay. <laughs> we won. Um You know, I want to get a couple things across and then I'll hang up and listen um, unless you guys want to expound on it anymore. Um, Two points, Kentucky is a fraud. If you want to have a conversation about how to be a viable force in the SEC, tonight is a concrete-proof example of why you cannot have a one-dimensional offense. Their offense relies totally on Will Levis, and we saw what happens when you do that because when your one-star player goes down, you're screwed. Um, I caught a lot of flack on, you know, the, the, Gamecock central pages, you know, things on Facebook this week saying that we had a chance to win this game. You know, I, I, I think something South Carolina fans have done way too much is get in our heads about the numbers and, Oh, they're, they're ranked number 13. Oh, gee, well, it's a road game. Beamers never won a road game. What are we going to do? We're not even going to win. Well, you know, if you don't think you're going to win, why show up? And we showed up tonight. Um, you know, Kentucky played what Miami, Ohio, Youngstown State, Northern Illinois. They played three trash teams, and um, you know, so they're not much different than us on that. The two good teams they played, Ole Miss. Will Levis choked not once, not twice, but three times in prime time. He had every opportunity to win that game last week. Um, and then their other SEC win is against what was a what ranked number twelve overrated Florida. So. That, that summarizes my point, Kentucky's a fraud. Last thing I want to say, um, just going back to my point about, you know, there's never been a more optimistic time to be a Gamecock fan. Um, they put up a stat at the end of the game tonight that this is the first time as an unranked team that we beat a top 25 team um, by more than whatever, like 20 points or something since 2009. I said at the beginning of the year, it feels like 2009
3: again. The Gamecocks
0: are getting warmed up. We're not perfect, but we have made strides compared to where we were two years ago under the Mm -hmm. Champ era, and I'm just so freaking excited to see where we're going, and I'm not going to let any negative hater talk me out of it. All right, thanks.
2: Well, Blake, I appreciate that, and that's a great time, Perry, to be able to do a quick transition before I want to add a point onto what Blake was saying. You know, if you bust out your window sometimes, you know, you might just have to find a new place and if you want to find a new place then call clint hammond he'll be able to help you out you know over at the mortgage network he is one of the best i know perry spoke about how he went through clint and being able to get everything situated with when uh when he bought his home so be able mm-hmm. to give clint a call and he'll be able to help you guys out with that and in addition to that today's program is you also brought to you by liberty tax overcome taxiety always getting ready to deal with tax season it feels like it is a 365 day ordeal when you have to really think (laughs) about dealing with all this stuff. So give them a call at 803-462-5576. Another proud sponsor of GC live. I do want to bring this up, Perry. I do want to bring this up. And then I believe Joe is going to get the video of, of Shane Beamer in the locker room after the game, which was just absolutely awesome, by the way why i don't think it's you know don't get too caught up with rankings and this and that i do feel like it's important to take care of first being able to beat a team on the road in the shame beamer error that is important being able to beat a ranked team on the road is important because it's able to show you hey we can actually do it we can actually do it. and Again, being able to get these uh, these last two wins, I know that there were a lot of people that were skeptical. I get it because you saw what happened the first three weeks. You saw yep. what happened against Georgia, how flat they were, and it was going to take some time for this offense to get going, and it's still going to take some time with this offense. I mean, I think that's clear. We've seen some things tonight that were improvements in comparison mm-hmm. to what we thought the first three games, but at the same time, too, there are some flaws. There are some things that they're going to need to clean up, and the fact that they're heading into a bye week right now coming off a win – Four and two on the year. I mean, talk about what a difference three weeks makes. But I say all that because this team, they have confidence right now. And that's what we saw from Shane Beamer after the game. I want to go to this video. This is Shane Beamer after the game in the locker room.
1: Oh, no volume, dog. Let's
2: see if intern Joe can get that volume up on that one. But um he was fired up. Fired up Colin Taylor co-worker of ours over at gamecock central recorded him walking in underneath the stands into the locker room and this man was fired up so for people that thought okay the whole culture thing glasses dancing this and that it means something it means something i'll wait for intern joe to give us well and
1: listen i'll tell you right now all of that the the glitz and the glasses and the glamour and the love and the positive energy it's all good when you you tee it up and you bow up and you play physical football and you're disciplined football and you're doing what you're supposed to do because what you're doing is you're building a culture and you're building a chemistry within your team to where you truly feel like a family. Now you add that with the actual X's and O's side of the game and those come together to mesh and you're going to have a lot of great outcomes. Uh, you know, I hate to use this comparison, but it's worked really well for Clemson. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we're, we we seem to be heading down that path
2: all right you said yo, Perry adjust that camera man well Perry's just enjoying himself on the couch I don't, I don't I don't know what the setup is over at the orth household right now um but we'll see yeah, we relax
1: can. man how about that <laughs> we'll pal
2: we'll see if we can get the video up all right let's check on beamer after the game Still no sound, unfortunately. I don't know if you can hear it, Joe. But uh... uh, you know what? This is what we'll do. We won't be able to see it, but I'll I'll play the sound. Well, we de- oh man, we need the video. This video is incredible. Um, intern Joe, refresh that. Do something, man. I mean, that thing's lagging. We need to show this video. If you haven't seen it yet, the celebration that took place in South Carolina's locker room. Is as good as you could have expected it to be, Barry.
1: Yeah, I uh, literally had somebody just send me that video as as you were um, as you were as you were talking. No, I mean, they should they should accept. It's a huge win. I mean, you just know, give if- it a
2: try. Yeah, we're getting no audio. So what we'll do is I'm going to do. Old school, crappy. Do it. Find a way to make it happen. Um, it was. It was great. Let's see what we can do here. I'll, I'll say this though, South Carolina being able to. Here we go. With
7: the media. Make sure. Hey, make sure we're classy in our post game
3: with the media. All right, but at SEC Media Days, he talked about stupid sunglasses, Uh, and dancing.
2: This is what I was talking about. This is what I was talking about. And I don't think it surprises anybody that Beamer downplayed it. That anyone downplayed it. The fact that, okay, hey, and this and that. What, what, what do you expect him gonna say? What, what do you expect him to say? There's nothing that he could have done in the moment when asked that question. It's hey, I'm gonna remember that. And when we play you in a couple weeks, we're just gonna put that in our back pocket. I mean, what a what now? There's going to be yeah, people that, out there. That,
1: that is really, really cool, and I know that that does great for recruiting. It shows your coaches with it. You know, that he carries a little chip on his shoulder. Um, it's uh, it's everything that you want when when you're when you're trying to do a culture rebuild, right? Building a program, the the football side of it is is obviously extremely important, but it's the the mindset and the mentality of the kids that. Um, and the coaches that are with you in your program is equally, if not more important. And once you can flip that switch from a mental standpoint to get the people in your program, believing they can win, but then ultimately expecting to win, but then doing it together as a cohesive unit and having fun while doing it. um, It's invaluable.
2: And it's just great watching, you know, Corey Rucker, he wasn't with the team today. But he just tweeted, take a look in the mayor, say what's up. But I mean, this is this is this is the little things. Now, here, here's the thing, right? There's gonna be people out there, oh, look at South Carolina celebrating like they just won the national championship. Point being is this, this is what I would say to fans who are gonna see that because you'll see other fan bases say all that stuff. Bottom line is this: South Carolina isn't in the same place where Georgia is right now, they're not in the same place where Alabama is. They're trying to create something special here, okay. They're trying to be able to get to a point where they can compete with the big dogs and Mm -hmm. to be able to see what they've done, what six games in to year two, the fact that they, they were able to go beat number 13 Kentucky on the road and you see just the celebration and the happiness. It's okay to say, Hey, you know what? I'm happy where this program is at right now. That's That's okay to say, it's okay to recognize there's a lot of work still left to be done and while being able to smile with it too. So it's it's good to see that stuff. Um, I do want to go back to some of these comments here. T, shout out to T. T won a Bojangles gift card, by the way. And I um, also <laughs> got a birthday present. I want to throw this out. I usually don't bring up any of the Bojangles stuff on the GC stuff, but Perry. So typically what happens is we give one Bojangles gift card away. Excuse me, five gift cards away after every Gamecock win. I'm going to give... Those five away, Perry. Okay, so I have these five.
6: Mm-hmm. But
2: because they beat the number 13th ranked team in the country, I'm going to throw in an additional 13. So we're going to give away 18 gift cards on Monday. So just want to throw that out there to get Gamecock fans ready to go. Be be on the lookout for that tweet on Monday. Because um, I wanted to give uh, T a shout out. I'm going through some of these comments right here. Let's see. I know you don't want to talk about negative, and I'm not trying to get into negative, but can you explain some of the good at least you saw from Rattler tonight?
1: Yeah, the improvement from one half to the next. I think that the first half, obviously, he did struggle. I think the commentary that Jordan Rogers gave was phenomenal. It was he was off his platform, kind of rushing his throws, didn't have his feet set while making some of the throws that he needed to. Um, and it caused him to be inaccurate, you know, his interception. I'm not going to sit here and say that it was a, it was a bad decision. I mean, it was just an underthrow. Um, then he came out in the second half. And like I said, when we started the show tonight was, we got the ball into the playmaker's hands, got the ball out of his hand quickly. And he played within the offense, right? When you're that talented, you want to try to make every play happen every time when, most times you need to just make something happen. Um, but I am going to pause you for one second because I'm sitting here on the couch and I don't know if you are able to follow this or not, but Texas AM has the ball on the two yard line playing Alabama mm. um, with two seconds left. And it's a 24 to 20 game and they just called timeout. Um, I'm
2: not out to see if I can pop that up in a second. I know we kind of crazy, pop- but
1: no, to go, to go back to what I was saying about Spencer is that, he has improved from week to week. Um, and, and Kentucky's a, a really, really strong defense. And, I mean, I've been saying this because I remember when I played against Kentucky, uh, Mark Stoops obviously was the head coach at that time. He His style of defense is keep everything in front and rush up and make a tackle, be great form tacklers, all 11 hats to the football, get out there, and 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 make it happen and it looked like early tonight we kept trying to design plays to go down the field now his defensive strategy may have changed it's been seven or i guess 6 7 years now since i played so things can obviously change but then when rattler was getting the ball out of his hand quickly i mean it was a completely completely different um different game
2: i'm trying to see here um joe's intern joe looks like he's working on the phone lines right now okay see if we can get another call if not uh we'll come back to him in a little bit thumbs up thumbs down joe thumbs down thumbs down all right we don't like seeing thumbs down but hey it's part of it you got to adjust and speaking about adjusting and it kind of goes off of what you just said there perry i understand it's easy to be like all right you know but, I mean, shoot, you went through this before as a backup. You went through this as a starter. The most popular man on a football team is the backup quarterback. Uh, so I say that because I get that some people at times is like, hey, why don't they go to Doty? Why don't they go to Doty? What would you tell those people right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you that, um, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, you know, when you're struggling like that, um, it, it's easy to, to point the finger and say, you know, hey, we need um, – You know, we, we, we need to go to the backup. We need some, something different. Um, You know, it's a really, it's a judgment call from the coaches. They have to understand, you know, is now the right time to do that? Will it damage our guys' confidence? Are we, are we riding with Spencer Rattler until he's either hurt or the wheels have completely fell off the train? I don't know the dynamic of, of what that, Looked like, you know, I don't know if when he came in, was he the guy no matter what? And Luke Doty was his backup moving forward. But I know that Luke Doty um, obviously is a more than capable player as he was the starter going into last year and for for much of the, the season last year. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think that if uh, if we have another game where, where Spencer struggles throughout the entire course of the game, then I think that you might have the opportunity to open a discussion of, hey, maybe there might be a little bit of a competition in practice that week to see what might, you know, <laughs> what what door might open up.
2: It looks like we got a phone call right now, Joe. We uh, we have Jay on the line. Jay, how we doing? Thank you for uh, calling into the GC Live Post Game Show.
3: Jay, we got you, boss. Hello.
2: no jay well if jay comes back we'll get you on babe but look i haven't seen the exact comments yet um, from spencer rattler and shane beamer we heard in that video with uh beamer saying hey you know guys be careful when you're out there in front of the media when you're talking um but i'm a little interested myself now to see and i know some people are asking you know where can you see this where can we watch that Bottom line is this: uh, there are rights in terms of who can air that stuff. That's why we can't cut in and and show you that in real time, or else we would. And uh, we're just not going to promote another show um, as to where you can listen to that because we want you to be here with us. You know, we we pay Perry the big bucks here. We want to make sure that you guys are sticking around. But I do want to I do want to point out (laughs) some of these some of these. Let me ask you
1: this, Mike. Let me ask you this: the coach and Spencer throwing major shade. Are they saying major shade at uh, Kentucky for maybe some of the comments that were made at the media days?
2: That's that's what I'm assuming. Um, I'm trying to go through it myself. This is just coming from the comment section. Shane Beamer was doing the Soldier Boy dance in the locker room, purge Wells, spectacular stuff. I haven't seen – let's see, Beamer. Shane Beamer's daughter, Olivia, this is from Penn – Ben Portnoy from the state newspaper, Shane Beamer's daughter, Olivia, came into the postgame presser with Pitt Viper sunglasses. College football at its finest. <laughs> that is fantastic. Look, I, I again going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the program. Spencer good to go. All right. Joe, you said Spencer's good to go.
3: We we miss Spencer. We got another caller on the line. Go ahead.
2: Hey guys, I uh, was really happy
0: with the uh, with the win today. Uh, happy with how special teams play, how the defense played. And I don't want to get super negative, but I have a question for Perry on how a offensive coordinator's mindset going into the game can kind of guide their play calls. I've heard he's talk about Spurrier in the past with how he would go straight at the opposing defensive strength. And with his experience with Roper and his own – coaching experience um interested to hear if that's something that can change over the course of a season like if Satterfield just needs more more, I don't know confidence in its players or what but uh yeah just curious about the behind the
7: scenes perspective from a play caller standpoint
1: no I think those are great questions um I'll tell you as somebody who's calling plays at the high school level now it certainly does change because your strength and the your strengths and your weaknesses they kind of can change as your team develops and you grow throughout the the course of a season, um, you know. And the other thing too is your injuries and people play better. They grow up. Some people actually get worse. Um, but yeah, you can change the the style of plays, the type of plays that you have called. You know, um, I think that from what I can see now, I don't know anything about our system that we run at South Carolina. Now, you know, I've never met Coach Satterfield, um, but it does—it doesn't look to have changed per se. But I'll—what uh, it does look like is there are times where um, we are getting in over the last couple of weeks. We are trying to get the ball out of Spencer's hand quicker, to where he's not always in the drop back world, so he can set himself up for. Potentially getting sacked we've obviously made a more um and, and put more of an emphasis on the run game uh, obviously Marshawn Lloyd is in my opinion is one of the better backs in the conference and uh, anytime you can get the ball in his hand you're going to want to do it but um yeah your your play calling can change and can mold um as the season grows and 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 goes and as your team kind of um kind of shows themselves to you, right? You know, from my personal experience, you have um, our our team, the, the high school that I coach at, you know, we started off the year running the ball really well. And so that was a big area of focus that we wanted to come out and run the football and take control of the game. But our passing game has come along as the season has come along. And so now we're able to open it up a little bit more from a passing attack too. So um, I think that we have the weapons to effectively throw the football. I just think that that sometimes it doesn't work out, and I think um, when we play teams that are not top twenty-five defenses, we'll be able to see that uh, that change as well. Like Rattler lit Arkansas up through the mm-hmm. air, right? We just couldn't run the ball. Georgia, obviously, that's a buzzsaw. They're the number one defense in the uh, probably in the country um, tonight. Kentucky's another really good defense, so. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how the offense changes, but I, I I for this South Carolina team, I expect that the, them to continue to put an emphasis on running the football.
2: Well, we have Jay on the line. Jay, you're on the GC Live post game show. Hey
4: guys, y'all do a great job of the show. Um, shout out to Perry from Ponte Vedra, Florida. Uh, just uh, the thing that the thing that I have a hard time understanding is. We only got seven points the whole season in the first quarter, Now that was against SC State.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: And our first half are just so flat. Five possessions, only one big play. Second half, they just come out. It's almost like they're not hungry or something. So what, what is the offensive identity of this team? It seems to me it's short passes, screen passes, medium passes, and then get some explosive runs in there. But it's definitely not deep passes. It's not spin and throw it like
2: the OC was talking about in the press conference. I appreciate that, Jake.
1: Shout out to Panabuja, I like it.
2: Perry, let me ask you this, because it feels like, in a sense, and I know, I mean, shoot, dealing with the Patriots now. I mean, I had a press conference that I had to cover Bill Belichick yesterday, and, you know, yeah. the way he addresses the media, it's like, well, that's <laughs> last week. You know, that's how we attack things last week.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> do you feel like cuz we, we hear we hear so much with Ra- with with Marcus Satterfield this NFL mindset right and i don't know if it's different a little bit with college compared to with the NFL but what i'm trying to get at is do you feel like they try to change it up a little bit too much where they they they're not who they're trying to be they're worried more about the defense if that makes sense and the reason I ask that is because it feels like that's something I'm being asked a lot on the insider forum Gamecock Central and people are asking is South Carolina getting away from some of their strengths or how do you kind of you know overcome that week to week
1: well I think there's a way about doing what you do and who you are against the teams that you play if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. If you're a gap scheme team, right, you want to run power and counter um, and trap and different things like that, you can do that, but you can't just say, like, I'm going to line up in the same formations I did last week and try to do the same thing, you know, against Texas A&M that I did versus Kentucky two weeks ago, right? That that doesn't make any sense. You obviously have to tailor and tweak a few things and throw in a few wrinkles that are team-specific that, hey, you see something on film. Like, for instance, we played a team at, uh, at at the school that I'm coaching at, and I really, really liked the look that they gave us in three-by-one, right? The three receivers to one side and one to the left. We're still running our same plays, right? That's just a very specific look that I personally liked, and I'm, I can guarantee you that that's what Coach Satterfield does as well. I think that, um, you know, Big plays and explosive plays are so crucial for an offense. I mean, it's hard. I don't care who you're playing to consistently drive the ball up and down the field week in and week out, especially in this conference. We have to find ways to create explosive plays, and that doesn't always come from just dropping back seven-man protection and launching the ball down the field. I think there are still ways to do it. Um, obviously the time that you know the calls have to be timely the other thing is the quarterback's got to see it that that's kind of one thing that we as fans don't see is okay holding on to the ball too long well what's wrong is is uh, are we just simply is he just simply holding on to the ball too long or is he not seeing the field properly what's going on because will hey, say this. this-
2: Perry, I'll say that I'll I'll say this, and I know you have much better perspective of it watching it as a quarterback. I've been fortunate the last couple of days to go back and watch the All 22 and look at the the wider view. And you know, from a broadcast standpoint, or even if you're in the stands, depending on where you're sitting, it's difficult to be able to see everything. It's obviously easier when you're at the games, but from a broadcast standpoint tonight, those are the questions you're asking: Are guys getting open? One thing I did notice early on in the year, and it was a little bit better. Last week, um, South Carolina was starting to create more separation. I do feel it was a combination at the beginning of the year. And this is just my this is just from 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 what I saw that there were times where Rattler had targets and maybe he was hesitating a little bit more just because, I mean, from a comfortability standpoint, right? Trying to yeah. adjust to a new playbook, figuring out from a timing standpoint of, okay, what's that internal clock with the offensive lineman? When can I step up in the pocket? When am I going to have to get outside? So I think there were multiple things that were happening the first couple weeks. The last couple ones, and obviously I haven't seen the All-22 yet of tonight's game, but going back to last week, the separation has improved. Now, there's still times where Rattler held onto the ball a little bit longer, but I think that's played a role as to why we've seen so many short passes, because I think what – Satterfield's trying to do, and I could be completely wrong with this. What Satterfield's trying to do is there's been hesitation with Rattler at times. There were guys maybe just not getting open at times, but he knows in his head Rattler has a quick arm. He has a he has a chance to be able to get the ball out. Why not try to take advantage of it and give it to guys that have the ability to make plays, whether it be a guy like Juice Wells or whoever. Now, obviously, you keep doing that over and over and over. That's one thing. And I understand why there's frustration from the fan base as far as that goes, but just trying to make sense of it, you know, I'm not trying to excuse it, but just trying to make sense of it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you talk about the fan base, fan base is too vocal just for one. Everybody knows everything, but that that's not South Carolina
2: specific fan base
1: that, Oh, that's, it
2: happens up here at the Patriots. I'm covering it here. It doesn't matter but, what, it's, and that's the beauty of sports. It's the yeah. beauty of sports.
1: It's every everybody. Everybody knows that you know football is one of those, and it's always been that way as long as you and I have been alive and much longer. Because football is like the sport in America, everybody wants to know, or they want to feel that they know football, so they just vocalize when things go wrong. They want to. They want to coach after the fact, right? The you, you want to um, you want to catch things on the front end, right? So um, yeah, we, we the last thing that I pray and I, there's no way in the world they do this is that our, our coaching staff is listening to feedback from the fan base and then putting that into the game plans each and every week because I can assure you that is 1,000 percent a losing recipe. Um, you know, you're obviously, you're going to have your folks that, that understand the game that are in the game, that voice their opinion, but they're not going to get out there and belittle coaches and belittle players. Um, you know, like that comment, the fire, like you'll never hear me get on, on any show ever and ask for kids to get benched or coaches (laughs) to get fired. Um, they're doing a really difficult job and they're coaching against elite coaches. And I get it. We all want to win. No, no need to not be competitive but uh but yeah, that, that would be a, a recipe for disaster if we we start taking a Q and a from the fan base and then implementing that into the game plan.
2: Well Matthew's ready for the for the Japan grand Prix uh, Prixie, whatever the heck it's called I mean if someone's oh, yeah, about- that's right. Okay, intern Joe. What intern Watch Joe? TV. You're excited for this?
3: I'm absolutely watching the Grand Prix. It comes on at 1 a.m. It's- i just called it pricks. It's it's called pre, What a what a hambo! Grand Prix, Formula One Grand Prix. It's be- here. I am
2: here. I am here. I am a couple hours ago when they said, you know, you know, good start for Soda City. And my dad's over there with his thick Boston accent. Soda City. What's that? South Carolina known for tonic? And I said, no. I said, you know, Columbia. Col- but then again, I didn't know what the hell it was a couple of years ago before I got there. Uh, Joe, I do want to get some of your thoughts, but I do want to bring up a stat, though, that was something that I brought up on during slants. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, each week on Gamecock Central, I kind of do three keys of the game that I feel like South Carolina needs to be able to do if they want to be able to win. And just looking back at it, my three keys this week were win the first quarter. And I want to get into that specifically in just a little bit. Stick to the run to open up the passing game. Felt like they did that at times it was more so short passes which is an extension of the run game and then number three create sacks and stop the run again can they do a better job at stopping the run yeah but at the same time too all things considered a team that you knew that were gonna they were just gonna try to run the football especially with a backup quarterback they did that and they took advantage of this team and they were able to have more sacks tonight than they had all season going in they were ranked sixth last in Fbs before tonight four sacks I believe they had what was it? Um, six tonight? Maybe. I mean, I could be a little bit off here. Five. Let's see how many sacks do they have tonight? They had. Joe, do we have that stat yeah, for?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, Let me pull it up real quick.
2: But while you look that stat up, though, one thing I do want to point to is that first half stat, first quarter stat. Excuse me. Okay. This is what I wrote earlier in the week. Okay. In 16 games, this is 16 games going into tonight's game. In 16 games against FBS oh, opponents, the Gamecocks have been outscored 132-50 to 50 in the first quarter. Think about that. Six. In the Chain Beamer era, in just five of those games, South Carolina has outscored their opponents. And when they do, they're 4-1 and one in those games. So I say all that because, again, we've heard Shane Beamer talk about it the last couple of weeks that they're a team that – has done better in the fourth quarter, especially against FBS opponents, but we've seen it against FCS teams as well. If they can come out and play fast, tonight they had opportunities to make that score even bigger, right? But the fact that they were leading after the first quarter, they are now 5-1 and when they outscore opponents in the first quarter in the Shane Beamer era. Perry, is that any coincidence?
1: No, because, well, we play really, really well. In the second half, we yep. do a great job of turning the tables and making those adjustments in the second half. I know Coach Coach Beamer got blasted by, I think Barstool put it on there talking about um, that they were, I don't remember the record he said for the fourth quarter, but, but he, he made a good point, though, because we do play better as the game goes along, right? We just got to find a way to spark plug. And that was the first thing I thought of because I, you know, that that was a comment that stuck out to me. And then when we went up seven nothing, I was like, "We haven't jumped on anybody, mm-hmm. hardly Perry, at all."
2: Barry, I know we're at the hour mark, so you stay on as long as you want. Um, we'll probably go for a little bit longer. We have another phone call coming in here, but yeah, let's uh, do the phone call. Looks like intern Joe's taking that. We have a lot of comments tonight. Um, <laughs>
1: Feeling good when you win,
2: Mike. We're not going to talk about the body bag tweet you put on. Oh, that was Dang awesome. <laughs> Look, I, I don't. You know, we have fun on social media. There's going to be some people out here that have no idea that that I'm covering the Patriot. They have no idea what's going on here, and I put some of these tweets out. Um, I'll just, I'll just say this don't come after me my girl or my family i mean come on man what do you expect i'm gonna do but we'll have fun with it i'm not gonna be mean i'll just but hey i offer for people that don't know someone tweeted something about me and uh i invited them out with my girlfriend in their uh blow up girlfriend if their parents will let them take it out of the basement all right let's go to the phone calls here matthew is excited matthew thank you for joining the gc live post game show
7: Hey, thanks, man. What a difference a half makes.
6: (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely.
7: Yeah. So I'll be honest with you. I've been a patient all season been uh, on the message board. I've been trying to be the voice of positivity and at halftime, it was hard. It was hard to, to feel that way, but, uh, you know, stuck with it. And, uh, had faith, and I was very pleased with what I saw in the second half. But yeah, I I still don't know how they only scored. you know, I I don't even count the second half touchdown. But I don't I don't know how we kept them to seven points for three quarters. The defense. Hmm. I, I have to go back and watch the game because it felt like they were running against us, and then but they weren't scoring. So I don't know. I I was very happy with the second half, but. But, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was starting to lean a little towards the dark side there at halftime.
2: Well, I think, look, and we appreciate you calling into the program. I, I think what we saw from South Carolina is they made some adjustments. And I know I want to bring this one up in particular, Perry, because it really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. The, the perimeter blocking was phenomenal. That's something that has got better um, as the season's gone on. Give give uh, big credit to Justin Stepp in the job with the receivers because they made some big-time blocks tonight. So I felt like they were able to get the ball just into their playmakers' hands. I know that's something you mentioned early on, Perry. Just get the ball into your playmakers' hands. And if you go out on the perimeter, you're going to have to find ways to obviously make defenders miss because there are situations where it's, you know, it's one-on-one, right? They're not going to put a blocker out there. They're saying, you're talented enough. We expect you to make the defender yeah. miss. Um, yeah, there's I also mean, times we've seen the perimeter receivers or whoever there was out there, tight ends, do a good job blocking on the outside.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that, it's a rule of mine. It was a rule of mine in high school and tried to do it in college is whenever you're carrying the football, especially when you're as talented as some of, the guys, some of the guys that we have now, you should never be tackled by the first guy. You should always have multiple people having to bring you to the ground, and we have guys that are capable of doing that. Um, and it showed tonight, you know, the play that it really did, it changed the game. I mean, we were balls maybe the 40 yard line, and we were kind of like, you know, we got a couple first downs, but we're kind of starting to get going, and bam, explosive play. Like I said, it's hard to constantly um, and consistently sustain long, lengthy, uh, length of the field drives. You have to have big plays, you've got to have explosive plays that score points. To get quick, easy touchdowns. If you can get 14 points, 21 points a game, off of explosive plays, and mm-hmm. you have a couple of good drives, you're going to average 28 to 35 every game that you play. If you do that, you should you you should in theory have a chance to win every game that you play. If you can average 28 to 35 points a game, you're going to be in. A, you're going to have a shot to win every football game that you play in.
2: And I do want to bring this up, too. Jay brings up Kentucky was ranked 20th in total defense going into this game. Marcus Lattimore mentioned it the other day. You're going up. I think he called it a stingy and physical Kentucky defense. So, look, when things aren't going well from, a def- from an offensive standpoint and a fan base, and I say fan base as a whole. I know it's not everyone. But as a fan base as a whole, when they're upset with the offensive coordinator in particular, it could sometimes be a quarterback or whoever – as soon as things just don't go well, right? It could be a three and out, could be this or that. It's real easy to say, Oh, see, here we go again. We got to fight. It's just like, well, look, you're, you're playing against a good defense. Yeah. Let the game play out. Okay. Yeah. Football yeah. is a game of chess. It is a game of chess. You're not just going to be able to do something. It's not Madden. Okay. You're not going right. to put up 70 points every freaking time. So yeah. I understand that there, bottom line is, this. let me, let me make this clear. I'm not saying that there's, that there's no flaws with this offense. They left a lot out there on the field tonight. But at the same time, too, as the game went on, they made adjustments. And we saw that in the second half. They got away with some things where if Kentucky was able to capitalize early on in the game, certainly the game could have gone the other way. No question about it. Yep. But look at it like this. They found a way to get a win against a very, very good team. Backup quarterback or not, that's a good team, man that's a good team and they were able to find a way to do something that they haven't done since 2012 2000 and freaking 12 that was Lattimore's last year as a Gamecock think about that it's not an e and Perry you know it's not an easy place to win
1: no it's not I know Garcia got his got chopped up on social media for saying I can tell you back then when he when he was playing in Kentucky was not where they were now I don't I don't they might not have been a, a tough place to play. But the times that I went, man, it used to be Commonwealth Stadium or it might still be now or something like that. We're I know it's
2: filled now. I don't know if they've changed the name. I know that we have some football fans in here that have gone out there before. They might know better dude, than
1: Dude, that place is rocking. And we went in there and one place, one thing you can do to silence uh, a hostile environment is you, you force turnovers on defense. And then you give the offense the ability to 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 score quick, cheap, easy points, which
2: we did. Uh, want to wrap things up in a little bit. Going to have intern Joe lead things off. Intern Joe, we haven't heard from you much tonight, and I apologize for that, buddy.
6: Um,
2: sporting your uh, birdies with Beamer shirt, people. A uh, little uh, did you know, intern Joe, hell of a golfer. Just want to throw that out there. So. Uh, Go them take up. them out to the links. In turn, Joe, what was your thoughts tonight? Anything stand out to you in particular?
3: I mean, again, defensively, Mike, um, they found their identity in the, off, in the non-conference games. We were worried about it going into SEC play. And, I mean, they proved that they have found the identity. They carried the momentum into SEC play. I mean, granted, Levis not playing definitely helped. But, um, you know, can, stopping the run was the number one priority of this defense. And they did so for the most part. I mean, Perry, you mentioned it earlier. Um, you know, limiting the big plays. I mean, South Carolina 100% won the big play battle. It is clear, yeah. and obvious, and so I, I mean, I think this defense needs to have a chip on their shoulder going forward because that's a big win in a tough environment. Um, I mean, offensively, I think they look better. I I, I thought it was very, 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 very funny that you know the trickoration play with, with um Jalen Brooks. You know, that's not very pro style to me, Mike. It doesn't seem very very pro style. The little rotate the guy in the backfield and then flip it back to the, to the wide receiver. Um, I love how the offense got creative. Um, and again, rolling Spencer out a little bit and he Spencer looks better. I mean, rolling out in the pocket, his decisions were better. He used his legs. And I mean, people have said he doesn't like to get hit. And tonight I think he squashed that. but my um, guess that's my closing thoughts. That's all I've had for you.
2: I appreciate it. Perry, what's your final thoughts? We have a guy from Jacksonville, Florida, checking in big Howard. I don't know if, uh, you know, howie over there i know uh perry you're a jacksonville guy
1: yeah that's right shout out duval any what thoughts on big win yeah no that was a huge win huge win no great great win glad uh glad the fan base mike fired up the the hopefully we'll have consecutive days of positive gamecock twitter we'll make and, that one uh, and right. uh you know, and never a better. There's never a better time to win than the week going into a bye week. Mm-hmm. You are feeling good about yourself. You're gonna have maybe two, three at the most practices, be able to go home, spend some time with your family, get away for a little bit, refresh, and come back for the back half of the season ready to uh, to tee it up. Sure.
2: Joe, do we have, and I, I apologize that I don't have the statue in front of me, was that Darius Rush that forced that fumble? Um, Spalding. I'm trying to find out who that was and uh, people are watching. I should know by now. I'm sorry. Yep, It was Spalding. Spalding. Spalding had an interception tonight. Uh, Darius Rush had some good points. I think I said Rush earlier forced the fumble, so I apologize for that. But the point being is, and thank you, Kenneth. Yep, we see a couple people on the side. Spalding, thank you guys. The reason I say that, though, is because these are two guys that have been banged up this year. We know being able to get Darius rush back. So that's something that really stood out to me is having that those guys back out there. And that's not a shot against <laughs> Marcellus Dial, who has two interceptions this year. I feel like at times though, that dial, you know, there's, there's things that I would, I would like to see improve with his game. I feel like he's definitely grown from week one. And I've talked about before being a little bit more physical coming off the perimeter on those blocks. Um, But Marcellus has done a great job of being able to grow. No question about it. But you're a better team when you have Darius Rush out there on the field. You're a better team when you have David Spaulding out on the field. So to see those guys out there tonight, especially Rush, backup quarterback or not, because we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen with South Carolina when there's backup quarterbacks out there, right? This narrative of, okay, here we go again. Who's going to be the Heisman guy of the week, the flavor of the week? That wasn't the case tonight. South Carolina kept Kentucky in check. They did a great job from a passing standpoint, and I've mentioned this before. I don't care who the hell you have in the secondary. You can have Ed Reed back there. You can have Dick Knight train lane. You can have Sean. T- I don't care who you have in the secondary. If you don't have a good pass rush, it's going to mean nothing. So the fact that South Carolina and Joe, I don't think you were throwing up the five. Is that how many sacks they had tonight? Five, six oh. sacks tonight? Exactly. Yep. Officially. Six sacks tonight. The fact that they were able to do that helps those guys out in the back half. And we've seen mm-hmm. over the last couple of years with the talented players that South Carolina has produced on the defensive line, or at least, you know, guys that play that edge, kind of that hybrid sometimes as an outside linebacker that have gone on to have not just successful NFL careers, but we've seen guys just go to the NFL. In recent years from those positions. So um, that was what really stood out to me. Now head into the bye week, get healthy, healthier, especially at certain positions on defense. When you try to reevaluate some things from an offensive standpoint. Um, you only had two extra days this week, but I felt like okay, maybe maybe we see a couple things different, Wrinkles, from an offensive standpoint, because we've seen that in the past with Satterfield. Maybe there were a couple things, right? whether it be kind of that, you know. A little trickeration play with with Jalen Brooks, um, a little orbit motion. But we'll see. They have an extra week. We remember what happened last week, Texas A&M. They're coming off a a tough loss right now this week against Alabama. Um, I'm trying to figure out who they have next week. I'll try to pull that up real quick. But uh, the, whole, the whole point being is you're going to have an extra week, and they're going to be having an extra week as well. So both teams are going to be coming off five weeks. So you're going to have a team right now in A&M that feels like they came up short literally against Alabama and they're going to be thinking about that for the next 2 weeks. You're coming off a week where you're feeling good, you need to be able to do everything you can to remember what the hell happened in College Station last year when it looked like it looked like a like a like an 18-year-old playing like a 6-year-old in PlayStation I mean, the statistics are out of control. I mean, it was like, you know, 430 to like, it was embarrassing. If that doesn't motivate you, then I don't know what the hell does. And if that doesn't motivate you, I'll be back in town. So I'll see you guys. Okay. Win one for the Gipper. Win one for Mikey. I'll be coming yeah. down. there. So I'm excited Perry.
1: <laughs> Love it. Got to win, guys. Number one thing. Gamecock football players and coaches. You got to win for Mike Uva. He's back in town.
2: we'll bring we'll bring the gift cards too um i do want to wrap this up though wrap it up by saying this okay four and two right now for a team three weeks ago where not everyone was writing them off but for a team three weeks ago it looked like they had a lot of work still to do right and they still had it was a challenge they had a tough schedule to start they have made strides they have made improvements over the last three weeks they still have plenty plenty of room to improve on multiple areas no question about it but now you are two steps closer two wins at that for being ball eligible and when you talk about a program that is trying to change the culture be able to get some of these younger guys developed this is huge it is massive uh to be able to get those extra practices it is massive because we're talking about next year next year next year and then you know you're hoping you're going to get into a position where you're starting to compete for conference titles, or at least the divisional titles at that. So you know that's much further down the line, but all these little steps we're seeing right here—it's all one giant puzzle. These little pieces, starting to add them up. Perry, I appreciate you, buddy. Intern Joe, appreciate yeah. you as well. No show next week. No show. We're going to take a bye week as well. Um, we will. We'll decide if we're going to have a show on Tuesday. We'll have to still figure that up. We'll have a show uh, quite yet. We're talking Tuesdays because the Gamecocks will be off. So uh, be on the lookout on Gamecock Central for that. But, guys, appreciate you, and uh, appreciate everyone that tuned in tonight. If you're going out, I know it's a late one right now. If you're going out, no waters need to be mixing tonight. Have yourself a good weekend, and we'll do it again in two weeks. 18 plus.